<clears throat> I barely get the mic set up before Marty Adams is doing what he does best, making a scene. His sidekick is Bob Martin. As you'll hear from the start, we smoothly transition from default voice, whatever that is, to hobo terminology. This I'm a little more familiar with. Which in a way is a preview of what you can expect from the Second City project. Bob is the showrunner and Marty is a writer slash performer. Together they are part of a team answering the question, what would SCTV look like if it were produced today in an era of social media? They unleash comedy sketches across a variety of platforms, Vine, YouTube, all the sexy ones. The Second City Project launched on March 9. Be sure to enjoy the Second City Project special airing April 19th on Global. Here now is Marty and Bob. And that's something they want to crush? Uh, I don't know, voice. but you know what? I didn't pay attention after that. <laughs> I was just kind of like, I have a default voice in my head over and over again. <laughs> and then he's like, class dismissed. Remember about your default voice. <laughs> what <laughs> school was this? Imagine that school. <laughs> I went to Humber. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to get started or do you want to keep doing the default voice? No, no, no. The bit is exhausting. Yeah, kind of hop on a different train, you know what I mean? Get our bindles and, and join up. Get our yeah. bindles. You know what a bindle is? It's hobos. Thing. Yeah, it has the handkerchief. Yeah, hobos. No, you, you bindle. You didn't know what a bowl was. No. You don't know your hobo ter- terminology. <laughs> 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 I guess so. Then the sketches will not include anything about hobos. Then is only, that he only nice. deals in vagabonds. Vagabonds. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, so I find vagabonds hilarious. Ner- hobos yeah. never did anything for me. <laughs> so you're using all this new fancy pants technology, the Vine and the YouTube. Look at you telling us that we're doing <laughs> fancy pants. I know, we're all doing fancy pants technology now. Um, and that's the basic premise then, right? It's to kind of connect with an audience through the, the newfangled tools. It's sort of to directly connect television and the web, yeah. So there's, uh, there's you know, components of the show that you see on the web, there's components of the show you see on the television program. I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think it was a smart route, too. And again, this was, this was a lot of the folks at Glo- a Global, Global. Global and, and Show, uh, Global and Shaw that were kind of like, we want to have a, a good presence on the web. Um, so, because that's the thing that people people spend a lot of time online now, not not so much time on TV. And I know that the Key and Peel stuff, who which is a great sketch duo that I've seen, I've only seen most of their stuff from people passing it around. Yeah. Um, and I know that I'm a I big fan. History, of you know, I've literally never seen their TV show. I've only seen their YouTube stuff, like the stuff on YouTube. It's terrible. History. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I am neither as well. This is bad. People don't own televisions. Lots of people do not own televisions anymore. They consume their content in a different way, yeah. right? So it's so and and because the net is all about sort of short, punchy bits. Sketch comedy seems like a good place for, you know, they, 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 I mean, it seems like a good place for sketch comedy. Yeah. So that was part part of the philosophy of it. But can you be a little bit more like? Because when you do something on TV, you have to be a little bit like there's code, and you can't use certain language. You can't talk yeah. about. Hobos, for example, you know what I mean. You can't offend You're certain people. Oh, I talk about hobos twenty four seven. Twenty four seven, yeah. So, can you, does the being online does that give you more freedom in terms of the comedy, or do you still have those kind of restrictions? It does give us more freedom, yes, absolutely. But you know, again, like we, we all of our stuffs on on uh, globaltv.com, and I mean, they wouldn't put stuff that was you know horribly risque. But also, that's not really my voice. My voice is I want to I, I like darker humor, mm-hmm. uh, but stuff that people will enjoy and not really. Not necessarily offend, um, you know. No, we're not really going for that. There's no sort of blue humor. Like I said, that's not really what what we're trying to do. But but you know, specifically to answer your question, yeah, you, you, you language and you know subject matter. It's it's 
you can get away with a lot more on the web, yeah. The rules are not as tight. Yeah. You mentioned kind of like the tone and stuff too, and you just mentioned, like Marty, you just mentioned Key and Peele. Yeah. How do you guys describe the tone or the voice of the, of the sketches? Is there a consistency? Because Saturday Night Live seems to have a consistent kind of tone and voice too, and Key and Peele has one. Yeah, we sure do, yeah. I think both of those shows deal a lot with sort of satire more, you know, and, and at least um, Saturday Night Live used to be really, you know, big time satirists and parodyists. And we're sort of trying to not do that. Um, not because we're making any kind of judgment, but just because we're trying to create sort of, you know, the thing, the thing I like about sketch comedy is that it's a, an, a little standalone universe. Each sketch lives and dies, and it's, it's this little world that you peek into. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it would be nice if these things could, you know, live for a while, as opposed to be rooted in some contemporary event. So uh, timelessness in a way. Timelessness would be good. So some of these things, werewolf could live for a long time. It sure could, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because no one likes time capsules. You know, you think it's a good idea, right? You yeah, know, yeah. It's 1980. You know, I'm in my, I'm in the womb. I'm not aware of what's going on, but somewhere, someone's putting a time capsule in the dirt, right? Yeah. And 2015 rolls around, and they're like, "Hey, let's open this sucker up. It's been uh, 35 years." And they open it up, and they're like, "What's in here? A Rubik's cube? Who cares? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter." That's why Saturn sucks. You know what I mean? I'm still, you were in the womb in the 80s? I was an 80 baby. Wow, wow, it makes me feel ancient. I was a C-section baby, so I can well, kill, that I can kill Macbeth. But let me tell you, if Macbeth came up to me, I'd be like, buddy, not a woman born, and I'd kill him. Yeah, he likes that, because he reads Shakespeare. I don't. <laughs> Is that part of the British background? You keep going? I'm just going to let you guys go. And then that's, that's it. I just be like the straight man. I just set it up and then you guys just run with it. Yeah. Um, and then is that part, I guess that's because you were mentioning Shakespeare. That's your British background? Uh, yeah, so all British people sit and read Shakespeare. Yeah, all I'm just going with stereotypes or time savers. I was, born, I was born in England, but I was raised in Canada. I consider myself more Canadian than British. Yeah. But, but the, one of the things about being Canadian, at least when we were, in, I know I'm not even going to talk about the decade I was born in, but we, we see British television, right? Mm -hmm. with, with, in, anyway, when I was growing up, we saw a lot of British television, whereas Americans didn't. So we were, I think Canadian humor is really greatly influenced by British humor. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I was a huge fan of, of Monty Python and, and, and sort of the, you know, the, again, the, the, the sketch stuff that creates complete worlds that live and die. Mm -hmm. Fantastically absurd and literate and interesting. Where do you think, like, because you, like you just mentioned, like, there is a good British lineage of comedy, and Canada has one as well. Where does that come from? Is it just because we're cold and that's all we can do is make jokes? Or, like, <laughs> I don't know. People always ask that question, why Canadians make good comedians. I think it's because we're part of the Commonwealth, you know? And, I mean, when you're ruled by a king or a queen, I feel like you, there's a lot you got to make fun of. <laughs> you know, but when you when you're like in the states and you ain't ruled by nobody, you're just kind of like I'm gonna do this maybe. You know, there's no focus, and I feel like Britons and um, <laughs> Canadians are very focused. This guy loves Benny Hill. Don't get him started. If you ask him about Benny Hill, he's gonna go on and on about Benny Hill. I do like that. I'm not gonna deny that I. You can't deny Benny Hill though. He did his he good job. Yeah, Yakety Sax is from. Yeah. It was a national day morning oh. in China when Benny Hill died. Will there be a National Day of Mourning in China when you die? I don't think so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Benny Hill. Well, there'll be a morning. You know what? There's, uh, uh, I think, it, it, I remember Don McKellar said something about this, like, that Canadians, I mean, I, he didn't exactly say this, but Canadians are sandwiched <laughs> between two great cultures, the Americans and the British culture, to a certain extent. And so we are kind of, be, we're in a position of, of, of observers, to a certain extent. We see this 
massive, massive machine down south of us that's just pouring out, you know, it, like politically they're extreme, like uh, culturally they, they make crazy, you know, programming. And it's just, and we comment on that. And, and I think as well, we comment on this British culture, which is quite different from our own. Um, I think I think we are in that position, and that naturally creates, you know, people who have an ironic sensibility. I think that's it's part. It's true, of it. yeah, because we're not so enveloped in it, right? Yeah. So we, we can kind of look have the perspective of looking at what like the true POV of it. I never actually thought about that. And I yeah, think yeah. about these things, Sammy. I go home and I go, hmm, are we a sandwich? You know, <laughs> that's what Donna Keller would say <laughs> verbatim. Yeah. So that's what crosses your mind when you go home after all doing all the sketches, eh? Yep, that's what I do. And this guy was on the Edison Twins. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> oh, that was a classic. That was a classic show. Yeah. Classic. What was your name on that? Loose definition of classic, well, by the way. What was the name of your character on that? Man, uh, uh, I don't remember. Was the Calculator Jones or something? <laughs> it literally was something like that. That deserves a spin-off if you think about it. But it could easily have been. From Edison Twins, I believe, in yeah. case they have an 8008 spells boom. <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. That probably was like an outtake or something, too. Should have been. So yeah. Why didn't I ghost write for Edison Twins? Yeah. Oh, right. I wasn't born. You were born then. Oh yeah. God. You could bring it back now, though. It's got to be like an anniversary or something. Could you bring it back? Well, this guy has got 18 maybe shows the on the air. Maybe, yeah. Well, or, or maybe Global will have the foresight to take uh, What was it on? Was it on CBC? It was on, I don't know. I don't know. They weren't even twins about. No, they they would no they were. They were not they were what? Fraternal twins. But age wise the actors weren't born the same day and I'm a stickler. You listen to the soundtrack, it's like they're fraternal twins and they I know, it wasn't. Who wrote that? Henley? Let's talk about us. Yeah, like should we go back to your other show? Because this obviously is a spin off and it'll be doing well, but um, actually, I wanted to kind of just go back to the idea of, uh, of uh, picking up that thread of comedy because there was a sketch, Marty, you did where um, there was the two kids who were yelling at you, not yelling at you, but just telling, giving you notes to stay like, oh, stay, yeah. stay fat. To like, gain some more weight. Yeah, yeah. Weight. yeah, yeah. And um, there's a great like lineage of uh, comedy big man. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but you need a lot of heart to, have a, to be a comedy big man. I feel like... Well, this I, is a great question. This is a really good I, question. I, I no one's actually answer. asked that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I've always been kind of like a, a husky guy. And even when I lose, I, there was times where I've lost a lot of weight in my life. And even when I was like 215, and I'm six foot, six foot one, you know, and um, I still look heavy. And I think, I think you, you, your voice develops be, between how you come across and how you look. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times when bigger comedians, you know, like Jonah Hill's not technically a comedian, but when he loses all that weight, He's still funny and, you know, uh, 21 Jump Street because, again, he, he knows he, who he is and how he comes across. And I think a lot of bigger comedians, if they don't really have a good understanding of who they are inside and, and what that voice is, when they lose all their weight or what have you, they become not funny because they relied on just the physical nature of how they look and come across. And um, I try not to be. I try not to be like that. I try not to rely on it. But but I know. I know how to use it. I mean, there's times <laughs> when I went out for auditions and I was like, mm, if I if I duck my chin this much, yeah, yeah. my giant second chin will come out, and they'll go, oh, hilarious. Let's put him on Rogue <laughs> or, or some other you know show or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm aware of what what it can do. I try not to to use it as a crutch. Um, and I love and the, that bit was written by Paul Bates, who's a genius. And um, and it said everything that I've ever encountered. Like I've had discussions with my agent where it was like, she's like, you know, you've lost some weight or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, I'll just book more of this type of thing now. Or, you know, I, I, I never worry about it mm-hmm. because life's too short. 
I'm just going to do what I do best, and that's bring laughter and joy into life. And then, so just quickly, um, just how are you guys doing writing the sketches? Is it all kind of improv because of the second city, or is it when you, you have a kind of a bare bones outline and then you just kind of improv it as you go along? The sketches, um, the, the finished, complete, produced sketches are scripted. So we, we develop, like we, we talk about them, and there's some improv, uh, in a sense, in the writer's room, um, because all of these guys are performers, writer performers, and sort of can't stop themselves from improvising and working out the bit. But generally, uh, people are sent home, they write the sketches, and we, you know, we, we polish them and everything, and then we shoot them. All of the writer's room material um, is all improvised. So that's, uh, with the exception of a couple of small bits, like when we worked with those kids, we had to script the material mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. But generally speaking, everything you see in the writer's room was just, let's go with this idea, and we just shot and shot and shot. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's kind of unique about the TV program, is that you get to see highly polished scripted sketch, and you get to see this much looser improv style of mm -hmm. comedy. And again, you know, when you're, when you're kind of filming imp uh, improv, you have to have kind of more than one camera capturing everything because if not you can't edit it together and we had an amazing director Mike Fly who also edited I think pretty much everything um, yeah, and he's a genius everything. so again like you're only as good as as, as the director and editor and, and uh, Mike Fly Tim Hamilton also uh, the director of the bigger scope stuff they're they're geniuses so you know you rely on them and you trust them and we certainly did and we're really happy with the product all right, that's good then. That's, so that's we we've covered hobos, Edison twins. <laughs> we did yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't, so I didn't say uh, multi-platform. It's multi I don't believe I used the word zeitgeist in this interview. So. Oh, okay. So we'll have to come because I think the, the special comes out April 19. So I can come back and then you guys can drop all your fancy pants you terms. Come back, yeah. yeah. If it's a critical, huge success. There you go. I'm sure the ooze will love it. <laughs>